Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there, and welcome back. Uh, last week's episode, I was talking about the iron and anemia issue with children with autism, especially, but for anyone. And most people think, well, of course, if my child is low in iron, don't I want to supplement with iron? And I won't go into all of it in depth here because we did talk about it in the last episode. But do remember that when we supplement with iron containing, uh, with iron supplements versus iron containing foods, uh, the supplements can actually contribute to a lot of other problems in our child. So I will link in today's show notes to that last episode in case you missed it as well. But uh, today I wanted to talk about why we don't want to necessarily supplement with calcium supplements, because I know that, you know, a lot of people say, okay, well, I'm supposed to not give my child dairy because that is, you know, the, the dairy and wheat issue is, is a big contributing problem to children with autism for many reasons. Um, and just to go over a couple of them for dairy, I'll talk about for both of them actually, but for dairy, because we're talking about calcium, parents will say, well, how do I get 
uh, calcium into my child if I'm taking away milk. We think if, cow, if they don't have cow's milk that they're not going to be able to, to tolerate anything. Well, just to, as a brief caveat, because I'm not going to go there, I'm going to talk about all this today, but why we don't want to drink cow's milk is because for one, it's very inflammatory. It has high sugar content, the bad A2 protein, and uh, it creates opiates, just like the opiate drug. Gluten also did, does this. And that's why the top two bad foods are dairy and wheat that we want to remove from the autism diet, really from anybody's diet. They're not healthy foods, and they contrib contribute to that leaky gut syndrome, uh, keeping their gut and brain inflamed, a lot of these opiate addictions that they have. So you might find your child is literally addicted to these foods. So the picky eaters, I know the transition can be a slow and gentle process, but you do want to wean them off of these foods originally. And a lot of parents will say, well, what do I give my child instead? So I'm going to talk about this today. And if your child is is tolerant and you give in very small amounts, some kids can take uh, goat milk or sheep milk and they have the good A1 protein. It's a totally different protein size and source than a cow's milk protein. But again, we don't want to overload them. And some kids, when their gut is still healing, are still sensitive to this. So you can try it at very low quantities, but better choices for milk substitutes can be things like coconut milk or almond milk. But I also want to talk about other minerals, like minerals such as sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium. They aid in eliminating acids from the body. And an acidic body is one that is toxic and has infections. And what we want to do is, is limit this because these things can cause disease. A highly acidic body becomes one that is has disease. And so that is how disease can form. So we want to keep our body more level pH, more alkaline. If you've heard the word alkaline, more balanced. We don't want to become super high uh, addicted, you know, or, or levels of high acid because it's just not healthy for our body. If there's an adequate supply of calcium absorbed from uh, food or supplements and the body can does if it doesn't have enough, then it will actually recruit the calcium on its own. The body will pull from the teeth and from the bones. And so then the teeth and the bones become weaker. And you probably have noticed how children with autism, it's very common how your child might have a lot of problems with their teeth. Now, there are other issues, of course, of bacterial growth in the body, all these things that we work with. But these are important to understand um, why one of the reasons why your child's teeth might be uh, having some problems as well. Uh, so if you're, you know, the body's retrieving that calcium from the teeth and bones, they're going to become weakened. And this leads to deficiencies in these areas and greater problems, of course, can result. I don't advocate supplementing with calcium either, just like I don't for iron, for different reasons, though, because calcium uh, either in an excess will cause a cellular calcium, it, it will cause cellular in, increase in calcium inside the cells. And what that means is it can trigger a lot of destructive processes in the brain, especially when there is lead toxicity and various heavy metal toxicities. This is just one thing, but since lead toxicity and heavy metals are so prevalent in children with autism, I wanted to make sure that I did mention that today. There are a lot of good nutritional sources of, cal 
sources of calcium that you can get from different types of foods, especially plant-based foods. Um, you know, the super green formulas and cal uh, broccoli, kale, even almonds and salmon and sardine all contain good sources of calcium. You're much, much better, like with iron, you're much, much better to get your sources of, of calcium from food. Now, additional supplements that help with calcium absorption are important, and we're commonly depleted of these. And if you've been in one of my free workshops, and I can link to one in today's show notes, where I talk about the four stages to natural recovery from autism, then you've probably heard me talk about, you know, um, why it's never just one thing. It's sort of a domino effect of how one thing affects another. And one thing that is really, really important to understand is that magnesium is another supplement that is usually depleted in our children's body like calcium. Now, one of the things I talk about in that workshop is that when you go to the doctor, a farm, a, a, any practitioner's office, will usually use something called DMSA for heavy metal chelation or heavy metal detoxification for these terms. DMSA allows, as it's supposed to be pulling out the heavy metals, it allows for reabsorption of toxins back into your child's body uh, as it's doing that. So it can pull it back into the blood. And then once it's in the blood, it starts moving it throughout the whole body and you can end up with much bigger problems. Now you've got uh, heavy metals being spread throughout the body. What else, what other thing that DMSA does is it pulls out the good minerals like calcium and magnesium. It's not discriminatory to just heavy metal toxins and bad things. It will pull out multiple good minerals. So you don't want that. And uh, I talk about what is healthy and safe to use in my free workshop, uh, which I'll link to in the show notes, but it's easy, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Uh, but uh, magnesium is also very, very important. And it's estimated that up to 80% of people are deficient in this really valuable mineral. And it can become depleted by a lot of things, including lipid or fat peroxidization or oxidized fat which largely affects organs that are made of fat. Now, it's good for you to know that the brain is made up of 60% fat. So we need good fats like coconut oil and olive oil, but we have to keep out the bad fats. And also it's knowing that this makes it highly susceptible to the damage that can be done by lipid peroxidization. So the brain is is ultra susceptible being made up of so much fat makes it more susceptible to attack from free radical damage and other uh, toxins that come at it. Uh, so this is really important thing, you know, substances like pesticides and mercury, uh, all of these will can very, very greatly affect the brain. And um, magnesium is also responsible for over 400 enzymatic reactions in the body. And it helps, again, keep the bones healthy, healthy along with calcium. Um, some of the symptoms of magne magnesium deficiency are muscle cramps and weakness, blood clotting, heart weakness, bedwetting, hearing loss, imbalanced brain chemistry, lowered immunity, energy metabolism, insulin sensitivity, the body, because the body will use as glucose also, and there are issues with uh, respiratory function as well. 
Now it can help increase energy production and regulation of blood pressure. And it can be very, very calming. Magnesium can in its natural, when it is naturally utilized properly by the body. So for this reason, I'm going to talk a little bit further about magnesium because not only is it helping calcium absorption and important for all of those things I just mentioned, but there are so many caveats to know about with magnesium for a child with autism because their detoxification pathways are usually not working properly. And I will link to an episode that I did with Dr. Stephanie Seneff on sulfation around this but what it means is that those detox pathways are not working properly. Our kids are backed up and loaded with toxins and this process has to be done safely and effectively. And I talk about this in my free workshop, how we have to first set the foundation and support those detox pathways before we move further. Now, again, with when you start giving a child magnesium when they have autism, instead of seeing it calm them, you might see hyperactivity. And I'm gonna talk about this why. So we have to start really, really slowly with low doses, dosages of magnesium, since as these detox pathways are not working properly, the magnesium can be cause the hyperactivity instead of, again, it's opposite of its normal reaction. And you may also see this with Epsom salts baths. Epsom salts is a type of magnesium. And it, remember, anything you put on your skin is absorbing in seconds into your bloodstream. Now, when you're in a hot bath, that's even more so. Your pores of your body are open and they're absorbing anything that is in there. Now, if you have toxic water and don't have a good filter, you can be you can be absorbing chlorine and other things from the water as well. So remember that and the toxins there. But Epsom salts is a type of magnesium and it can be wonderful to have an Epsom salts bath. It can be very cleansing, very healthy and should create a calming effect. Now, if you put a child with autism into an Epsom salt bath, or you start them with some magnesium a little bit and you see the opposite effect, they get really hyperactive, you know that those detox pathways are not ready for it yet and cannot support that sulfation or detoxification process that is needed in order to be able to utilize this mineral properly. So these are just some things to look out for. And what I always say is you want to start with the very, very lowest and smallest dosages of anything before you move up. That way you can sort of test your child how they're doing for symptoms. With Epsom salts or magnesium, I would say to start with a quarter to a to uh, even an eighth to a quarter of the suggested dosage, just a tiny bit to see how they do. And if they get a little bit hyper, you know that your child's body isn't quite ready for those. You want to do a little bit more detoxification uh, work first before you reintroduce it again. So that's why some people say, oh, yeah, I, I couldn't give my child up some salt baths or I couldn't give them magnesium. It made them really hyperactive. Well, these are reasons why. And calcium and magnesium are two of the most important things we need, but you've got to make sure that your child's body is, uh, is properly absorbing them, utilizing them well, 
they're getting it They're again, you know, they're not overloaded. You're not just supplementing with something that uh, their body can't handle yet, even though there's something important and some, you know, good food sources of magnesium include green leafy vegetables and seafood. So these are some natural ways to get it in. But remember, as we do some more of the gut healing work and as we make the dietary changes and the gut isn't as inflamed and um, our bo the body and, you know, the liver starts being able to process toxins better because we have supported it properly along the way, then, um, then your child can handle these things much better. But again, it's better to get the sources, especially with calcium, it's better to get the sources from food uh, and, and again with iron with food as well. Another uh, couple of things that I want to mention that are really important and helpful for allowing calcium absorption in your body, and this again means from foods, would be um, potassium is another one. Now, food sources of potassium include things like bananas and avocados, sweet potatoes, grapefruit, and coconut water. Those are just a few of them. Now, I've talked in the past on, about antihistamine diets. You do want to be aware of uh, any histamine triggers there a little bit with uh, with avocados and um, and we don't want to overload with bananas because they're really high in sugar and they feed the candida or the bad bacteria in the gut. So again, minimal amounts, watching your child for symptoms. This is the same with any food or any supplement you give them. Start really slowly. Vitamin C, wonderful vitamin C, right? It's uh, foods rich in vitamin C, berries, and of course, citrus food, fruits. Now, I just also want to say some kids have sensitivities to vitamin C. So as you're giving them these foods, you know, just watch their child for any reactions, just so you're aware of it. Again, as we start healing the body up, a lot of these sensitivities can diminish. Another one that is commonly missed and very, very important uh, that helps calcium absorption uh, and vitamin D absorption. Now, vitamin D3 is another very, very important one, and it is absolutely your best flu fighter by far. So, uh, and virus fighters. So, make sure that you're getting adequate amounts of vitamin D3. It should have a three on it. That's the the most bioabsorbable type of D3. Any good quality health food store will have it. Um, but then also the one that I was going to mention is vitamin K. Foods uh, rich in vitamin K include, again, leafy green vegetables such as kale, as long as your child doesn't have any sensitivities to possible histamine triggers in kale. I know, right? So many things. But this is uh, these are just important things that I want you to know because it's not just a one and done or the same for everybody kind of thing. We need to know what our child's sensitivities are, why they might be sensitive. In my membership program, I am always starting with vitamin D3 individually at first, even if it's just for the first week, make sure your child's fine with it. Usually there are no negative side, of, side effects or die-off symptoms or any, anything uh, that, that become issues with vitamin D3. So that's a really safe one. But regardless, I like to do one thing at a time and individual supplements that aren't blended in with a bunch of other ingredients first, so you know what your child is having a sensitivity to, right? It just makes sense. So once the D3 is going well, then I'll say, okay, now you can do a vitamin D3 slash K2 product with the two of them combined because at first some kids will have problems with vitamin K. So watch for any symptoms when you add in that K uh, if you're doing it separately away from food, like if you do the D3 and K, uh, K2. Also know there are foods 
to limit, which inhibit, inhibit the absorption of calcium. Now, too much salt can affect your calcium levels. So try to steer clear of canned and processed foods. Uh, and also iodized white salt has all of the good, any good possible things from salt taken out of it. If you're going to have some, a pinch of Himalayan mineral salt can actually give your child minerals. It's good for the adrenal glands and can be actually helpful. So remember Himalayan mineral salt can be a little bit uh, good there for, for you and your child. It's also important to watch for your caffeine intake and avoid sodas and energy drinks, which contain phosphorus. And there's a lot of research showing that getting phosphorus without calcium can lead to bone loss. So not only is soda is a great example of this, not only is it loaded with sugar and all these other bad chemicals in it, but it also has the carbonation, which is phosphorus. And this phosphorus is going to inhibit your body's ability to absorb calcium. So you really, really want to uh, uh, avoid, well, always avoid soda anyway. There's nothing good about it. But definitely av avoid carbonated beverages as much as possible. Also be sure to remove more of the bad foods from your child's diet that may be, be contributors contributors to things like their agitation, increased stimming, irritability, trouble sleeping, inability to focus and concentrate, and a lot more. And these can be part of your child's diet and even maybe healthy foods that you might not realize. So please get my free food guide now. It, it, it tells you what the top seven foods are to eliminate, which just you start somewhere, right? And for the, to eliminate from your child's diet, especially a child with autism, and this free food guide is available for you right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods, just the number seven and foods without any spaces. And I will also be linking to that in the show note for you, uh, the show notes for you today. But I wanted to make sure that you had the resources uh, available to you to understand how many of these supplements can be, even good ones could be affecting your child in a negative way. How, to, how getting it from food is more important, but also how important it is to heal up their gut, reduce the inflammation, support the detoxification pathways, and um, avoid the bad food. So please get my free food guide. It's very important to understand the necessity and the importance of these because so many parents tell me, oh my gosh, I removed those foods and my child starts to calm down so much more. Or And or they'll say things like, my child's sleeping so much better since I started removing those foods. And I know that picky eating is an issue and it's a transitional process, but at least you'll know what foods to avoid or start avoiding and to reduce them a little bit at a time as you move forward and watch your child for any symptom changes. And again, I'm going to link today to my free workshop uh, in the show notes because uh, it will give you guidance on the four necessary stages to recover from the symptoms of autism and you're getting your optimum results because there's so it's so often that something really important is missed and parents just don't know what it is. And this is where I came from as well. I did my own research when my son was diagnosed with autism and I saw the challenges that other parents were going through and it's why I've created this guide for you to help give you an actual roadmap and a plan to follow and support you in this process. So I hope it's, hope it's helpful for you 
And uh, thank you so much for being here. Remember, all episodes are with their show number, uh, naturallyrecoveringautism.com. And uh, I will link to anything in the show notes for you as well. So thanks for being here, being a great parent. And I look forward to seeing you soon.